Hey everybody, my name is my name is Michael Rosso, and you are listening to the Film Photography Podcast, the internet radio show for people who love to shoot film. And the first thing I'm going to say it's it's springtime, which means there are greens, which means it's green. There's lots of sunlight, UV light, which means go out and shoot infrared film. Ooh, yeah. The first thing I'm going to talk about is uh, the special of the day because this is so special. The special. This is a special special. It's only today. We can go to the FPP Film Photography Project.com, go to the store, 35 millimeter film, and you will see infrared film. And you will see a listing today only for a special. This is a rare film, black and white or color, your choice, 35 millimeter. And it's a very expensive film. But today it's not expensive. Now you may look and say, well, it's still kind of expensive. But no, it's not compared to what it could be and what it was years past. This is an amazing special. Go there to the site. And look at the listing. You will be limited to the amount of rolls that you can uh, buy because of this special price. But we have a color infrared film, which we recommend that you process E6 for color slide. Some six. Some folks have been doing a cross-process. I'm not that thrilled with the cross-processing. Did. You did? Mm-hmm. Leslie, when you cross-processed the color infrared, was it still infrared Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. It's on my Flickr site. You can bring it up. Um, okay. Uh, color infrared film. You will need a, I recommend a yellow number 12 filter. You could also use an orange filter. I don't recommend a red filter, although you could use it. That's all you really need. Uh, you need a, a, ma- a manual, somewhat manual camera. When I say manual, I mean one that isn't like a, an auto-wind, the newer uh, autofocus SLR cameras because uh, it will fog your film because there are little diodes in those cameras. So you want like a Canon AE-1, a K-1000, even like an Olympus Trip 35, that's fine. Just a kind of a manual camera to shoot infrared film. Uh, you'll need, as I said, the number 12 filter for color film. Black and white infrared. This is new to the FPP this year. And it's so new that we we haven't tested it because it's been winter in the past. You know, the past few months it's been winter and cold. And there haven't been anything green. There hasn't been a lot of sun. So only now are we getting out and tested. So grab some. Come out and test it with us. I recommend a number 25 red filter for this film. And also you can do, I think it's called a R-something 72. What's it called, Leslie? R-72. R-72 filter. Mm-hmm. I haven't used this filter because the filter's so dense. How many stops is that? Like eight stops? You can't, you get hard, you, it only passes IR, IR light. And I yeah. use an 87. It's 87, yeah. That passes, you, there's no visible. Yeah. Yeah, so you need a tripod, you set up, mm. you set up your shot, then put the filter on. And I guess if, like a Canon AE-1, I guess you could put it in program the shutter will just open and then I don't know what to do I haven't could, used you it could lock the, you could fo- do a focus lock if you got a focus and then hold it and take the shot yeah like that. I haven't used it because it, it's just been like every time I go to grab it I'm like eh, I just grab the red 25 <laughs> filter because through the the red 25 filter you could see through your lens and you could you know set it to program and you could pretty much shoot your shot Especially me, I'm a handheld guy. I don't really use tripods, so I li- so I really like shooting everything handheld. So you can crouch down or get on your tippy toes to get an interesting shot. Not, not but doesn't say. using the proper filter give you a much crazier effect? I don't know. We haven't tested this film. No, we haven't tested it. Yet. So oh. I, I think it'd be a good idea to do some already some 87 rat filter shots and so forth. Yeah, and also pay attention to your infrared mark on your focus scale yeah. or else just shoot at f16 and everything's yeah. going to be in focus yeah. is your tip of the day happen to be ir it, it is folks filmphotographyproject.com go to the store 35 millimeter film for today only <laughs> probably the only time ever. Ever, ever i mean i never say never but but all the specials we've been running 
they come and go, and we don't know if they're ever going to come back. And with this film, uh, right now we have it's a plenty at FPP, but I can't guarantee that we're going to have it in 2017 or 2018. So let's get it, shoot it, have fun. Uh, I would like to also uh, int- welcome everyone to the show. Welcome to the show. Uh, my name is Mike Rosso. I'm here with Mark O'Brien. Hey there. Mark Dalzell. Hey, yeah. Leslie Lazenby. Hello. And later on, Matt Marash is going to drop in to chit-chat with us as well. IR Film Infrared. Great. Let's get right into our tip of the day, or as Leslie calls it, the single frame. The single frame. What do you got, Leslie? I've got, if you're shooting IR Film, color or black and white. If you have that little hole on the back of the door of your camera that tells you whether or not there's a cassette in there, black tape it. Oh, no kidding. Absolutely. A couple layers. Um, wouldn't hurt. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Because it'll give you a funny, especially on a really, really bright day, you can get that funny little rectangular. IR film will, IR right through the metal rays cassette. will leak through. Right through. Yep. That's why we also, even if they say subdued light on some of them, I always... Total darkness, loading, and unloading. As mentioned, the filters for black and white can be a 25A, a 25A or a 29. I love to throw a polarizer on there, too, and just make it even wackier to a solid black sky sometimes. And using F16 means you don't have to worry about that infrared focusing on a different plane than what your eye did. It'll have enough depth of field. And, of course, the twelve, number 12 filter for color. So just many tips, but uh, also if you're shooting, I would say especially the color, and it's an incredibly hot day, you need to kind of do some protection against that heat buildup. If you're just throwing it in your car and driving all day. Keep it cool. There you go. Under one minute. (laughs) (laughs) Those are some excellent tips. Uh, When we come back, we're going to start the show. If you want to get around the really modern way, you need two things. A one-man gyrocopter and a Kodak Instamatic movie camera. The camera that loads instantly and shoots a brand new kind of movies called Super 8. So improved, they make other movies look old-fashioned. Take it from Kodak. They're the movies of the future. Guess he's never seen a camera like this before. Automatic, power wind, zooms at a touch. Everywhere you take this camera, you'll get a great big welcome. And just wait till you see your movies on a Super 8 projector. Enjoy life the really modern way. Get a Kodak Instamatic M5 movie camera. Gyrocopter, optional at extra cost. Hey, we're back. Hey, let's get right into a topic. Mm-hmm. Hey, Leslie, how do you feel about talking about the Yashica M1 when an Electro is not an Electro? I would love to. <laughs> when is an Electro not an Electro? When it's a Yashica M1. And there's a lot of keyboard commandos out there that will argue because this does not say TL or Electro on it. It is not in the Electro family. What does this look like? Electro. Electro. You got it. It is 
it is or was, I should say, the end of the line for that whole TL Electra series. That started in 60-something, 64 maybe, I'm not sure. This was introduced, um, the whole thing became in 66, and the M1 was not introduced until 75, and they did produce it for five years. It is by all means the lower end of the lineup. Most TL Electras were a 1.7 lens. This one is not. This is down the ways away here, and uh, we only go to a 2.8. But it's got the typical little pictures on the lens mount. For, it certainly looks like one. It really does. It's got the you know the overcast, the sun, the indoor with window, the whole little bit. It's got the cute little bubbles on top. The TL Electros traffic lights went to typically a thousand. This only goes to one five hundred for a top shutter speed. It also tops out at eight hundred ISO. It's a bum. No, it's not a bum. There's a reason why it's not a bum. Nice setup. It is a nice setup. (laughs) It has the typical slow and overexposure at the top. So I can do my little guesstimate here with the pictures and say today looks like a 5.6 day. And if I press that part way down and I get the red or the orange, I have to make an adjustment. If not, I'm good to go. Focus and shoot. These also take... Oh, it takes a weird battery. Well, it does, but it's not so bad. It takes that that weird mercury battery, the PX32. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also called a 164. And I just zipped over to the Yushika guys' yes. website, and I really like. And you can hand make little adapter things and stack yourself some 76s in there. But he's got this really cool adapter that he makes. This particular one uses the very common Canon PX28 battery. So we can still put a silver battery in there. The way it fits in, too, if you forget and leave it in there, it doesn't corrode inside the camera. It'll only corrode your cap. (laughs) Smart idea. The battery converter itself, uh, I think the last time I checked was around... 15 bucks. You're going to pay around 12 bucks for a eBay version battery that comes from across the way. And you've got the Mercury battery, one-time shot. So I've ordered a couple of those. They're, I use them to test cameras with in the shop and then, of course, use them as well. If this camera does not have a battery in it, it always fires at 1 500th of a second. Okay. And that makes it pretty sweet to do Sunny 16 with 400 film. No big calculations because it's shooting at a thousand and I'm back one so it makes it no silly battery no silly battery (laughs) but these also use the um, electromagnetic shutters so it's a very very accurate when you do have a battery in it if it requires one 226th of a second it can do it it's not locked into steps or half steps using this camera can be pretty darn accurate it's fun to use it's just a lightweight little thing the lens performed very well it's almost really you know you can buy it it's not one i would recommend if i say you're going to go buy a rangefinder get an m1 there's a lot of other rangefinders i would recommend using it's not one that i would i don't know if you have one and you don't use it give it to someone who does if you see one floating around, it's cheap. Take it and shoot with it. I don't know that I particularly hunt it down and find it. You'll pay nothing for them. Um, Matt Ayers, Super FPP guy Matt Ayers. We know Matt. Oh, yes. I know yes. Matt. Matt gave me this camera, and it was in absolutely beautiful shape. I've shot with it. I've posted images on the Flickr, and performs very well. So it's just that kind of last in the line, little sad guy that always gets ignored but it's the Yushika M1. Typical nice hot shoe, but it looks like an Electro in every other sense. 
Now, do those, do those suffer from the pad of death problems? I they think they all do. they all do. Yeah, yeah. I'll fire this one and see. This is a good one. Okay. I mean, I already knew that, but there it is. That's what you want to hear. What does that mean, that, um, that sound? The, there's a, there's a, a little mechanism that's actually in, on the inside of this camera in the front. And when you fire the camera and then advance it, you should hear a pop. Okay. Like that. You're good to go if you hear the pop. If you don't, you've got the pad of death. It has oh, the pad of death. The pad of death. The pod. Yes, it it has uh, gummed up and dead and not responding back. But you can actually just put pod or pad of death. But you you seek a camera. And, uh, they can be. There's that pod where that little pop. That's a good thing. So if you pick one up and you're either going to try it and it doesn't pop, don't bother. Things aren't opening up. Yes, Mark, it does, just like the big boys, suffer from the pad of death. Wow. Wow. The little Yashica M1. I think that, and, and actually the biggest thing is, is don't be discouraged about the whole battery system. There are numerous places to get these adapters. Like I said, mine came from Yashica-Guy.com. He just cranks them out, and away they go. Very nice. Thank you, Leslie. You're welcome. Really quick, here's a letter. Mm-hmm. First time listener, 2016. Hey guys, I found your podcast using the Google. I started with episode one. The Google. Oh my God. <laughs> and listen to this. I'm all the way through episode 11. <laughs> wow. Sounds God, like Mike, Star you're Wars. only 11 then. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was such a. This is from uh, Vermer. This is from Werner Malon, Maldon, Maldonado. Vert. Werner Maldonado says, assistant to Paul Holohan. Episode 11 was a very long time ago, uh, Werner. I heard your most recent podcast as well. Oh, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm... Okay. Great. Don't worry. I will listen to all the other podcasts as well. You guys are so funny. <laughs> and sound great just to hang out and talk everything photography. Thanks for continuing this discussion of film. I love it because it's anti-trigger-happy attitude nowadays. There is a reason a picture is worth a thousand words and not the other way around. Currently, I went a little eBay crazy because I, I recently found a Polaroid Land camera model 250. My favorite. All caps. I love it. I went eBay cray-picking up accessories, self-timer, M2 bulbs, old Polaroid film. So far, I had two busts, 92 Polaroid 667 and a 94-107 film. The 107 was just gunky, and the 667 chemicals were all dried up. I'm welcome to any tips, uh, but I knew they were chance buys. Yeah, those really are chance buys. Yeah. yeah. Any old Polaroid film is now, what, going on 10 years old? At least. And Older. Yeah. Also, here's my Flickr page that has my 35-millimeter stuff on it, Canon AE-1, and I have a Canon F3, and some old digis as well. He says, I plan on saving the negatives, Michael Rasso style, from my FP100C. <laughs> Keep up the awesome, fantastical, humorous, creative, technical inspiration going. Also, thanks to John Fideli for the follow back on Flickr. No lie, that was really cool. And it uh, looks like it's a big, a big URL, flickr.com forward slash photos forward slash 911762678 at NOS. Vermer and says uh, TNT is the last ship season three. Do you work uh, in the biz, Werner? He can't answer you. We'll we'll be right back. Oh. 
they the dark room is a lab on the west coast and these days because you know you're, we're all shooting film but you know the big question is where do I bring my film to get processed the dark room is an option and they've really stepped up to develop all films, films. 110 film, 126 film, 35 millimeter film, 620 film, 120 film, 4x5 film, 8x10. Wow. One stop uh, shopping. Black and white, color print C41, color slide E6. E6. Uh, 122, 2035, 4x5, 8x10. Darkroom. It's thedarkroom.com. They also do testing of awesome films like Lomo, X Pro, Red Scale, True Black and White, Crossbird, Redbird, oh, Nightbird, oh, hey. uh, Infrared films. All of us here at the FPP highly recommend you go there. They'll take good care of you. The Darkroom. Dot com. Tell them the FPP sent you. Yeah. Uh, here we are in the studio, and uh, Mr. Mark uh, Dalzell is going to talk about the Yashica Mat LM. Take it away, Mark. Hey, the Yashica Mat LM. Uh, if I, we haven't talked about it for a long time, but I. Started out as a big Yashica TLR guy. Um, I love my Yashica mat. One of my first cameras was the Yashica 44 and the 44A. And I, uh, I've i got the Yashica 635. I've got a variety of them. But I just recently got my hands on a Yashica mat LM, which is the light meter version. So this was the first TLR that they had come out with that, that had uh, it has an uncoupled selenium light meter on the front. So it's still kind of a dinosaur in the light meter world but it works well it's a beautiful camera um these came out in 1958 if you're if you're familiar with the way the yashica's uh, tlrs work or the rolly flexes similar layout where you're looking you're looking straight down at it you use your two thumbs to set your shutter speed and your aperture so as you're as you're focusing the picture and framing it you're also be you know you're able to see your meter which is on the top you're able to see your shutter speeds your apertures um so it's all right there in front of you uh it's got a, a 3.5 taking lens 3.2 viewing lens for whatever reason. You can focus it down pretty close. Uh, bayonet mounts on the front so you can use accessory lenses, close-up wide-angle lenses. You can use all sorts of filters and close-up attachments. And uh, It's it's a, it's a good solid camera. I haven't used a Yashica mat for a while. I, the last TLRs I've been using, well, the last TLR I've been using was I shot with my Rolleiflex a couple times. I've got a, a, a Rolleiflex 2.8e that I love. And I shot with this and I was re-surprised at how sharp and how crisp the pictures that come out of this are. <laughs> the colors are beautiful. I love it. Uh, I put a roll of, uh, uh, it was expired, Portra 400 UC through it. Just came out beautiful. So crisp. A bunch of pictures up on my photo stream. The colors are a little funny just because it, it was a couple years expired. But I love it. Great camera. It's very, very nice looking. Does it take like that 625 battery to operate the meter? Nope, no battery. Selenium. No battery. Very nice. No battery. It's a little tricky to use because it uses like an EV system. On the side, there's a little meter that you'll set what ISO film you're using. Or back then, what ASA, and then you've got an uncoupled meter. So you, you, you know, like right now, I'm pointing it at you, and it's telling me five. So then I'll look on the oh. side and use that five to then match up. Okay, I need you know f eight at thirtieth, you know, whatever, depending on your on your speed. So it's a little tricky to use that way. But this particular one came in its original box with its original paperwork and manuals. The warranty card was still filled out by the guy that bought it in Wisconsin. So because the selenium meter really was never exposed to light, it still, it still works fine. Uh, it's not as good as a modern meter. You you wanted to use it in higher light levels. So it's good when you're shooting outside on a bright day. You don't want to shoot inside 
you know, with room lights, it's not going to be very accurate. But but yeah, it's it's a joy to work with. And you know, like I said, I love shooting with TLRs. It looks beautiful to look down through the viewfinder. Like I just love the way they work. And as an added bonus, like we were talking about a couple shows ago, with a TLR, you can shoot over your head, and you can if you're in a crowd of people, if you're at a parade or if you're at a sporting event. Wow, I never thought about that. Now, what yeah. about uh, a flash option? How would you mount a flash? Uh, you would have to use a bracket on the side. It does oh, okay. have uh, it does have a, a PC port. It's M and X sync for what it's worth, but of course we're just going to be using the X. And then you would have to put a, a flash bracket. A flash on the side. bracket. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, there was such a thing as a bayonet mount that stuck out the side, but that was I think that was the, for bulbs. I don't even know if, if there was right. one that has a cold shoe or accessory shoe that yeah, I don't know. But yeah, if you use a flash bracket on the bottom, that's that's easy enough, and that gives you a nice handle. Well, yeah, you you put could, it on the right side. Or, mm-hmm. You can oh, find them thrifting or on eBay. Uh, if it, it's a bracket that screws into the bottom of the camera. And usually has a handle, and mm-hmm. usually above the handle is a cold shoe. Right. right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And then this also has, so when you're focusing, it's got ground glass. It's got a Fresnel um, lens inside to make it a little bit brighter, but it also has a pop-up oh, magnifier right. like and the Rollies the sport. do. Yeah, and then you also got your sport mode, which is, you flip yeah. that down. Yeah, which I've used the sport mode, and it's surprisingly accurate. Yeah, yeah, once you get everything else set and you know, I mean, you you know, you're most likely focusing at infinity if you're at a sports, you know, sporting right. event. Yeah, it's much, it makes it much easier because you're not I don't even think about it anymore cuz I shoot TLRs so much, but uh I don't have any problem with it sh- shooting left to right, you know, the the, the reversal, mm-hmm. but Is the image upside down? Uh no. No, oh, okay, great. No. And this takes 120 roll film. Yeah, 120 mm-hmm. only. This this won't take 220. Okay. Um it, uh, it does have auto frame counter, so you'll, you know, you load the film and you wind it till you hit your your uh, arrow close the back and then it'll it'll automatically advance to frame one and it'll it'll count them all six by six so you get 12 right. shots on a roll other models that they made so the, the lm is, is 120 only the the, uh, the mat uh the 124 also will take 220 film so the 124 signifies 12 frames or 24 frames one two or two four okay so that should, that lets you do both and they also made one called the the mat 24 which only took 220 which seems crazy to me but who knows it was the 60s things were crazy maybe <laughs> where people were shooting weddings with it yeah i mean it, it maybe i mean i'm assuming they just assumed that Pre- professional be, applications yeah 220 would be just as yeah. common as 120 at some point and 220 yeah. is the same as 120 film except you get more exposures and you need a different plate because it's at the expense of no backing paper yeah right yeah. only beginning and end yeah backing up uh leslie the shika m1 mm-hmm. that was a 30 35 millimeter camera. Yes, 35. Okay, great, great, great. Well, thank you, Matt, Mark. You got it, John. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw uh, Mark O'Brien ran out of the room like like a bolt of lightning, and you, re- you re- reappeared with a Yishika. It's hey, no fair when his home turf. He can just pull whatever he wants. Welcome to the Yishika show. <laughs> what do you got? I have a Yashika. Lynx 500E. Never heard of it. Uh, they made a bunch of these. They started, out, I think, with the Minister was one of them. They're all 35 um, millimeter rangefinder cameras. They don't have much in the way of automation, which makes them ideal for shooting if they don't have a battery. So these, this does have a battery um, socket in there. The IC determines the exposure. You press the the switch in front of the, to find out the correct exposure. So it doesn't determine. It doesn't fire automatically. You set it to what the meter tells you, or you use a handheld meter or Sony 16. This does not have batteries in it. Um, it, it um, I don't remember what size this one takes. It has a Yashinon one to one, one, F1.8 lens, a 45 millimeter um, focal length, and uh, it's actually a it's a very solidly built camera. Um, this one, I, I don't use it much because the shutter is a little wonky. If it hasn't been fired for a while, it, it tends to want to 
uh, be slow on the first time you shoot it, and then it does not work very well at the lower shutter speed. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's a, it sits on the shelf. But when I have used it in the past, see that first yep, time yep, you hear yep. it, so now it fires, you know, at one five hundred per second. For a compact little rangefinder, it's it, it's a it's a handful. It looks nice. It's quite attractive, and they'd have made so many of these. The Minister, the Lynx, and so forth all have varying degrees of uh, metering and so forth in them and batteries. Some don't require batteries. There's a plethora of them out there. Oh, pretty awesome. Yeshika. And since you uh, have the floor, uh, Mark, how do you feel about talking about some oddball Miranda SLS? Oh, oh, the Mirandas. Sure. Oddball but good, you say. Yeah, they're oddball but good. I never owned one until recently. I was at the local Kiwanis sale and they had a couple in a case for I think it was like 20 or 25 bucks each and I said oh you know I've never tried one of these so I picked this one up. It's a Miranda Sensor X2. This is late in the game for Miranda. So this is probably about, oh, mid-70s, I believe. And uh, this camera is um, all the Mirandas, with, with a few exceptions, and they started out way back in the 60s with the Miranda M, I think. All of them have removable finders. Oh, and, yeah. and they have waist-level finders and so forth. And so they were designed to be a good, a, a good camera system. And if you look at this one, it's got the uh, the shutter release button right on the front, sort of like the top cons and other ones did. It's on the right side versus the left side that the exactus have it on. So if you're right-handed, like the majority of people, it it's in the right spot. The lenses they actually have a bayonet, and in this case, the uh, the bayonet. Th- th- these cameras actually have two types of ways of connecting. There's an external bayonet. There's an internal screw thread, and they took a some of the cameras early on had a 43 millimeter threaded and so i had this uh adapt t-mount adapter in my drawer of things in the basement and i go what the heck is this because it didn't fit an m42 mount but it said m on the side and i'd had this for years and never could figure out what it what it went with and when i got the miranda i go oh i wonder if that fits it and i Sure enough, it does. And so I've, I have a bunch of T-mount lenses I could, I could put in there. The, the lenses are such that they, they come and you set the aperture to match up on a little dial on the top of the camera, what the maximum aperture is, and it does all the metering like it's supposed to once you've set that. But you also can use stop-down metering. And there's a bunch of bunch of different lenses that they came with. Uh, this is a 50mm 1.8, which is actually pretty good... Uh, good lens i shot a bunch of slide film with it usually would take the uh, mercury batteries i put in a regular uh, alkaline cell and it's close enough for most of the things i've shot you put a waist level finder yep. on it they actually have other chimney finders so chimney finders yeah all that so there weren't too many models of cameras where you could remove the finders on overall nikon um the canon f1 you could do that where were they made japan okay they're a fun camera they're not very expensive as as uh, collectibles or even as something to go out there and, and have fun shooting with. We'll be right back right after this quick message. Hey everybody, it's Michael Rosso here to tell you about something very exciting in the FPP online store. It's a brand new, well, it's a brand old, well, it's a brand new hand-rolled 35mm film. FPP hand-rolled EXP Vision 35mm film. This is 35mm Kodak motion picture film that was acquired from FPP listener Mike from Hawaii. Aloha, Mike. This film was properly stored in refrigeration 
and is now resting at the Film Photography Project. This is a motion picture film process ECN-2. That means that this film, like the other Vision film in the FPP online store, can only be home processed or processed by the Little Film Lab in California or the Camber Shop up in Minnesota. If you're home processing, this is a great time to try some Vision film. It's very inexpensive. It's very inexpensive, and the batch tests so far have been turning out very great. Why not give it a try? Kodak FPP hand-rolled EXP Vision 35mm film. It comes in three different flavors, 100 Daylight, 250 Daylight, and 500 Tungsten. It also comes in a box, nine rolls for $29.99. Incredible. Check it out, filmphotographystore.com. Hey, we're back, and I'm happy to report that Matt Marash has uh, dropped in the studio. Hey, yeah. So, uh, you know, past few past few shows, we we've been talking about different. You know, like we talked about macro a while back, and uh, even like tripods and stuff. And there was a brand that kept coming up um, that I just wanted to make a quick shout out about uh, Novaflex. They're they're a German company, uh, classic German over engineering of everything they make, uh, but they make a lot of you know great adapters and stuff. Um, and adapters specifically just because even if you're shooting dig, yes. you're shooting film, you want to get this crazy lens on this crazy camera. How do you do it? What's the closest distance between point A and point B? It's probably an adapter. And it's probably made by one of two companies. Novaflex, they probably make a higher-end version of it. And then for the cheaper end of stuff, there's another great uh, Chinese direct company called Photo Deox. They make some crazy adapters too. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the retail side of things at Midwest Photo, I'm always selling adapters. I sell probably a dozen adapters a week. Really? To go from one mount to another. Uh, let's see, a couple weeks ago, I, I, we went Pentax came out to, uh, to Nikon F for the uh, the new uh, the new digital cameras I've had uh, Leica M to Sony mirrorless that's a very popular one now there's a company now that makes an autofocus adapter for manual Leica M lenses wow. to Sony e-mount crazy oh, stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Novaflex makes some great adapters Mar- uh, Mark O'Brien had talked about um, a Novaflex adapter that was specifically for uh, for bellows uh, Novaflex has their own bellows system bellows and uh, we had, I think we had one at uh, Midwest uh, to test out for our rentals department. But they, uh, Novaflex was kind enough to send us a bellows that took large format lenses in Copal 1 and Copal 0 shutters to mount that. And it could mount it to a Canon digital, uh, Nikon digital or film, Sony E-mounts. And then, but it also came with the Sony A-mounts. So you could actually get it on an old Minolta autofocus uh, camera as well. Just crazy, crazy stuff. And they've been manufacturing this stuff for years. It's a little higher price, but the stuff is just, it's a chunk. Like everything they make is, a, is just a chunk of machined uh, aluminum. And it's uh, just beautifully made. Like no... The easiest uh, way to describe uh, Novaflex and the, how stickler they are for quality, like a tripod is not good enough for Novaflex. They make a quadrupod. <laughs> not worth doing unless it's worth overdoing. Overdoing, and that's yeah. what they do. They specialize wow. it. So if you're looking for an adapter, uh, quick tip, Novaflex. Uh, and you can find them, I believe, novaflex.com. Uh, there's German and English on the website. And then uh, for all those other adapters, if they don't make it, I guarantee the Chinese do. Photo Deox. 
Midwest.com. They make one. So, and we're uh, we're dealers for both in Midwest. Challenge. Challenge. All right, go. Out, <laughs> outside mount X amount. A what? Outside. Oh, X. X mounts okay. on the outside, not an internal. Okay. So I can put it on anything else. Ooh, Exa. Yeah. I, I think Photo Deox does make one. I've got a one-two lens that I would love to use on anything else. All right. Let's see. I'm going have, right now. They have internal and external. Which one is rare in the exact line? The internal mount or the external? Oh, the internal mount is the rare one. That's the one I need. Bay- mostly bayonet. Mm-hmm. Exa the EOS. Done. No, Exa the Nikon. Those, those are probably all external, now, not Miranda, internal. which I can talk about later, also has... A 43-millimeter internal screw mount and then an outside bayonet mount. Not going to help with my 1-2 lens. No. Which uh, okay. Which Exa camera is it? Three I could put like, them on. It looks, the ones they keep stating are um, Oh, there's the Exa camera that takes both. Yeah, the, internal, now, external. now they, keep, they keep mentioning Auto Topcon, Exacta, and then let's see. What else? What are we talking about? Adapters. It was an adapter challenge. I'll, I'll yeah. send you this. I would... If you I can would find one. I could not. I would highly recommend. Now, I will say, if you go to photodeoxpro.com, mm-hmm. that's their website, it is a nightmare. Nightmare to search. Whenever somebody, mm-hmm. like, if they already don't know what they're looking for, I always tell them I'm going to call them back. Okay. Because it's it's awful. It's, but they, they make everything, though. So it's... Uh, it's, you know, it's worth searching. If you can find it, you can probably find it at a great price. But uh, adapters are a very nice segue for that. It keeps it keeps your older lenses relevant and breathes new life into both sides of it. So, right. Yeah, get an adapter. All right. Thank you, Matt. Hey, we'll be right back. Home movies are getting better than ever with the new GAF Super 8 movie cameras. They've got professional features like through-the-lens viewing zoom lenses, and through the lens automatic exposure meters. They let you do things professionals do without all the work professionals do. Here's a quick letter from Amro Gabriel. <gasps> you know Amro? I very well. Oh? We're going to talk about him a little later. We are? We are. Um, probably not, so I'm going to save this for next show. Save it for next show. All right. Yes. Amro, we're putting you on the side. Uh huh. <laughs> Here's a letter from Ron Jobo. <gasps> no. Ron Jobo? He says, how do I pronounce your name? Just like the photography equipment. There you go. Flicker name, Photo Jobo. That's, <laughs> That's cool. F-O-T-O-J-O-B-O. He says, hi, FPB gang. You guys have convinced me to try souping my own color film at home. I just ordered a C41 kit and some film from the FPP store. By the way, and by the way, by the way, by the way to you folks listening, I don't make this stuff up. These are real These are real letters. <laughs> We're watching him read it right now. By the way, the FPP store has great prices and very reasonable shipping. That is true. Mm-hmm. Also, to help keep the shoes going, I also bankrolled you guys on some cash via PayPal. Thank you very much. It's greatly appreciated. I'm not ready to let go of any of my cameras quite yet, but maybe one day you'll get a box of them from me. I've been listening to you guys since 2010. Wow, it's a long time ago. Being in my 40s, I grew up shooting film, and finding your podcast was an affirmation that I wasn't crazy for wanting to keep shooting film in this digital age. Your shows have also given me gas. What show? <laughs> That's gear acquisition syndrome, folks. My dad gifted me a Canon A1 when I was 15, and 
and I now troll the flea bay for those FD lenses I couldn't afford as a kid. That's true. All the lenses I wanted as a kid, mm-hmm. I, exactly. I could now get them. I'm currently on the lookout for a Canon 85mm f1.2. So well, am I. Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> I've got one and it doesn't fit on anything. He wants it at a, at a buy it now price that won't cost me a kidney. <laughs> My FPP induced gas has also led me to acquire a collection of 35mm point and shoots, SLRs, rangefinders, as well as a Hasselblad, a Yashica Mat 124G, all right. and an array of Polaroid cameras. I just picked up a Polaroid 900 roll film camera at a swap meet for 10 bucks. You got ripped off. Oh well, maybe not. He says I want to convert. I want to convert it to pack film. Wish me luck. J thirty three. Wishing. Uh, no, a uh, what do you say? Nine hundred. Oh, an oh. Hmm. Mm. We're thinking. I just started re-listening to your shows from the latest going backwards. I just made it to episode one hundred and nine. I'm finding that I'm picking up information from the podcast that I didn't pick up the first time around. Your podcasts are informational, inspirational, and quite entertaining. <laughs> Keep up the great work that you're doing from all us film lovers around the world. Sincerely, Ron Jobo, Photo Jobo on Flickr. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Ron. That was, that was a great letter. And uh, thanks, uh, everyone, for listening. It's been a great show. It's been great, uh, great having you join us. Don't forget, today only is a special on our infrared film, Black and White and Color, in the FPP online store. All at filmphotographyproject.com. Filmphotographyproject.com. You can also see our show notes there, as well as uh, the link to, but I'll just tell you with the link, to write to us, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. We'll be back in two weeks. Keep on shooting. It's spring. Go out and shoot some film. Talk to you soon.
the grease from off your fingertips Salt and vinegar And maybe in the barn if you'd prefer I wanna eat my dinner at the morning papers Finish all my grub and read the headlines later I'll drink my pop and lick my inky fingers I wanna eat, I wanna eat, I wanna eat my fish and chips